You're listening to Once, episode 187, Poor Unfortunate Soul, Initial Reactions. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. Thank you for joining us. We just finished watching Poor Unfortunate Soul. Well, thanks. With a lot of scene. Yeah, it did. I think everyone else out there was thinking it too. What a great, interesting combination of a lot of things in this episode. I mean, Ariel and Ursula in the same story. Who'd have thought? And music from The Little Mermaid, yeah. a little bit. Of course, the title is from the song, yeah. Well, from a song. Yes. The it, Ursula song. What I also really liked about this being a combination episode is how much they referenced other things in this episode. Like, they referenced Blackbeard, they referenced Elsa, they referenced uh, Peter Pan. Yeah, don't talk about the Elsa reference. <laughs> Freezing, shrinking, it's all pretty much the same. Yeah, it, when you're talking about it from a cold fusion perspective, maybe. I guess she's been branching out over there in Arendelle. <laughs> and I like that we got to see a little bit more of Pan having Hook doing his bidding and working <laughs> for him, which we knew at some point that that happened and we theorized maybe that meant that Hook could go around and travel different worlds with the Jolly Roger, but we never got to actually see anything or hear any details. Now we got to see a little bit. We have no idea what Hook was doing. His new nickname is Cake Pan. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the courtesy laugh. Yeah, you're welcome there. (laughs) I think that the, the Poseidon thing and Ursula thing, a neat twist on things where it was like Ursula was the Little Mermaid. Who lost her voice and was cursed and all of that. Right. And I thought for uh, what? First 20 minutes that this was Ursula's family and she was the mother Mm. and they thought she was dead. It took me a little while to catch on that this was young Ursula. Well, now we know that this Ursula has not been the sea goddess the whole time. Right. Makes a lot more sense. So maybe that golden statue that threatened Regina was actually the real Ursula. And this is just the fake Ursula that we're seeing. I mean, she's really the real Ursula too, but this isn't the (laughs) sea goddess Ursula. Right. So there's original sea goddess Ursula, and then there's this Ursula. That could be. So I think that that maybe helps clarify some of that a little bit more. I want to know, what is Glowerhaven? It sounds like a pretty unpleasant place. (laughs) We know that the Enchanted Forest was called Mist Haven, so I would guess that since we've heard of another haven now, this is a different world. Maybe. I can't think of what else it would be, but maybe every land also has a name ending in haven. Right. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> so, well, Arendelle doesn't have haven, and they're the people who called Enchanted Forest Mist Haven. Maybe. I thought the whole twist on where the author is was at first disappointing. And then like, ah, I see what you did there. Because we've theorized for a while that the hat, the hat, it's all about the hat. In fact, the picture is from the hat. Okay. But not the sorcerer's hat. Right. Jefferson's hat. 
<laughs> I almost said Sebastian's hat. But the door, the page is the door, and the author is in the book. So well, that's... then there should be a nice explanation for why the design of the illustration is from the hat. Right. Maybe he hid the door in the part of the book where an illustration was shown from the story of Jefferson's hat. Or maybe the sorcerer cursed the author's world, which was accessible through the hat, through that door, cursed his entire world to be inside the book. So if the author is inside the book think about all of the ramifications there maybe our idea that the typewriter is the author isn't actually too far off (laughs) like maybe the typewriter is a way that he can communicate with the outside world uh i might say no to that one Uh, yeah i don't know where this story i'm starting to not know where it can go that's going to make sense and not require regina standing somewhere explaining things (laughs) they did Uh. Yeah, this was a bit of an odd episode because they mixed things up so much and the the way that they needed to tell the story was a little bit odd. But kind of like the story. I liked the tie-ins, like you said. But uh, yeah, I mean, at first I thought we were seeing the Jolly Roger in Neverland, which is apparently not true. They didn't seem to be in Neverland. Right. Because they referred to going back to Neverland. Right. Yeah, but overall, the idea of... Well, they're just starting to create a lot of mythology within mythology. Mm -hmm. So there was the whole explanation from Ursula. At least she had a reason to be able to stand there and deliver new information to us. She's not just guessing. These are things they've discussed that we were not privy to. So... The author didn't write everyone's happy endings. Well, I hate to break it to you, but that book does not contain the happy endings of every single good guy in in the Enchanted Forest either. Mm -hmm. Maybe only heroes. Maybe the peasants are really just peasants, even in storytelling world. In the storytelling sense, they're not heroes or villains. They're just peasants. They don't matter. Well, one thing we have seen in this episode is a villain definitely get her happy ending. That's Ursula. So, yeah, Hook is concerned about his getting a happy ending. And I thought, oh, that's something that I'd kind of forgotten about, that, yeah, Hook was a villain. So can he get his happy ending? I think, yes, ultimately, the the answer is going to be yes. Villains can get their happy ending. But the reason they don't is because they choose to remain a villain. So if Ursula is getting a happy ending, then shouldn't they all be questioning the whole thing? Yeah, to an extent. But they're they're chasing this particular path. And I like that they're chasing this path because we've wanted to know who the author is and how the book came to be and all of the mythology of the storybook. But does that mean that we are going to see other villains turn like that and discover that they're just going about it the wrong way? (laughs) So next week, are we going to get Cruella's quick story and redemption? (laughs) Uh, I, I liked a lot of things about this episode. Poseidon showing up and his speech all happened so fast and so canned, I thought he was fake. Mm-hmm. I just kept waiting for the other shoe to drop and it never did. Well, I don't know if mer people wear shoes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it wrapped up a little fast for me. But, I mean, easy come, easy go, right? And they did have to fit <laughs> a lot into a single episode. And that that happens sometimes. So that's 
why it felt so rushed. And I would rather that they focus more of their time in Storybrooke than in Enchanted Forest or the past. And that's what they did in this episode. More of the time moving mm-hmm. the main story along, not so much time spent on the backstory. I if, like it when they do that. If they can next week bring someone to resolve Cruella's story and it can all happen in that cabin, we can start calling it the This Was Your Life cabin. <laughs> so, and then they should put a sign on the door that says, and they lived happily ever after. <laughs> so Ursula's actual happy ending, the thing she wanted that Rumple knew but he was going to keep their secret. Remember a couple episodes ago where he was like, your happy ending. Mm-hmm. Well, for Ursula, that was actually getting her voice back and basically returning with her family too. So what is it for Cruella? What is it for Maleficent? What are their actual happy endings? Because just your happy ending. Yeah, that's very vague, but there is something specific that each of them want. I know we can't answer that question tonight, but that will be something that I think we'll discover. And it was nice to see one of their happy endings to, to know what it was and also unexpected to see them get it. True. Yeah. It was quite unexpected. So is she gone? I guess. Yeah, I would say so. So their little group is already breaking up and we're four episodes in. The fellowship is breaking. I was surprised by that. I expected like the three witches would stick together all the way through the end of the season. And something would happen to all three of them or something like that. I didn't expect one of them to leave when we're only four episodes into this, I believe. Right. I mean, I guess maybe it would be too much to expect her to try to help the heroes. So I guess leaving is a good alternative. Yeah. Speaking of helping the heroes, I want to (laughs) thank some people who help us be heroes for Mm. you or try to be heroes (laughs) for you. (laughs) For this episode, I want to thank our supporters, David Newland, Steve Johnson, Lisa Slack, Marianne Lavati. And some of our new supporters, Swan Got Hooked, Tracy Anderson, and Daniel Clark. A couple of these are new Patreon backers for us. Thank you very much for your kind donations that help keep the podcast running, supporting what we do here, and enable us to do things like buy the episodes off of iTunes so we can get the high-definition versions and rewatch them in HD and catch all of the details and get those screenshots and sound clips. And it enables us to do things, too, like review the DVDs when they come out or review the soundtrack or different things like that and just publish this podcast on a regular basis because it does cost so thank you very much for your kind donations they help no matter the size they do help even if you have to shrink the donation and ship it in a little bottle that does help if you'd like to be one of our supporters for an episode or several episodes of the podcast please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor The other way that you can help us out, and there are only a couple days left to do this, and it may be too late by the time you're hearing this, is please vote for us in the podcast awards every day through March 24th. You can get all of the details about how to do that over at oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards. Once podcast is nominated for best produced podcast, but we also have four other podcasts as finalists in the awards, and we would love to have your support because we know you are awesome. So Thank you very much for listening to the podcast, supporting the podcast, and thank you for voting for us in the podcast awards. That's at oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards. Thank you for your support. So I think that one of the big things that we're going to see as this emerging story arc for this half of the season is Emma's possibly turning to darkness. Now we know that's Rumpel's game plan. He's really become Emma's enemy in this season. 
He wanted to suck Emma into the hat so that he could cleave himself from the dagger. (laughs) Now he wants to not just kill Emma, but actually, well, he doesn't want to kill her. He wants to fill her heart with darkness, corrupt her so that somehow that enables the balance of the universe so that he can get his happy ending, something like that. Which, where did he even come up with that idea? (laughs) The writer's room. (laughs) It's kind of bad, you know? It'd be good to follow some established rules for one story at some point soon. I liked that we got a reference to Wonderland also with the, what was it, the mushroom or, well, yeah, the mushroom, basically one of the sides of the mushroom that Will had something from Wonderland. Uh, I even had an issue with that. Oh, really? Well, they should have gotten a giant bottle with a tiny ship in it. They dumped whatever they got on the bottle and it went straight through to the ship. That made oh. no sense. And then he threw it out into the ocean just haphazardly. He could have gotten an upside down ship. I just think <laughs> they could have taken a little more care. I mean, go ahead and leave it in the bottle. I guess it would break the bottle, but put the drop inside the bottle and float the stupid thing in the ocean. I didn't mm. you be more t- careful with your ship. You could tell that their effects budget was a bit tight on this episode. I suppose. But that's okay sometimes. It's better than seeing cheap effects. You know, if they can't show us the effect, then at least we don't see a cheap effect. Yeah. We just see the camera turn and, oh, there's a ship. I suppose. But it was really cool to see the Jolly Roger again in both versions of the story, both the past and the present sides. I'm glad her voice was all he had in his vault. What else could it have been? <laughs> He's a, a pirate. A tentacle? <laughs> oh, uh, no. Oh. I'm, I'm growing my own personal Ursula from a tentacle here. <laughs> so is August back to stay and everybody's happy? Is that what I was to take from that? Maybe. Which I thought his reunion with Emma was really cool because they've got basically a brother-sister relationship here. So it was really neat to see them reunited. Yeah. Was he acting like August in your mind? I think so. He didn't seem very August-like to me. He hasn't been August in a while. Maybe he's a little <laughs> rusty at it, even though he is made out of wood. Maybe. Oh, and, you know, made out. speaking of made out of wood, we also got reference to the dragon, which is something that we'd been theorizing before, or I had been, wondering, does the dragon from the episode Selfless, Brave, and True have anything to do with any of this? And sure enough, it did a little bit. So... I'm going to say that gives a little bit extra credibility to having the dragon be a character at all. The fact that the dragon was also looking for the author and had discovered some clues as well. So I can appreciate it a little bit more. Still, that doesn't answer how the dragon got here or what was his happy ending. Why did he want the author? The dragon is not the sorcerer and different (laughs) things like that. And will we even meet the sorcerer? At some point, I'm sure we will. If we haven't already. You think we might have? Mm-hmm. You think it's a character we know and we've seen that all this time is secretly the sorcerer? Well, I've said before, I think The Apprentice okay. is a great cover for the sorcerer. Yeah. Blue should be around a little bit more. If she's going to be involved at all, she should be involved constantly. She would be. Don't you think that's natural? Does she have duties to attend to at the monastery? Yeah. And it seems that anytime August is in trouble or Pinocchio is in trouble, Blue Fairy is just right there. I'm right there, Pinocchio. She should have been. I don't know how he managed to still have a wooden nose. Well, the curse did eventually reverse itself a little bit, it seems. So August is back to normal, probably. Hmm. It was cool. He always has to tell the truth, though. Yeah. 
it was cool to see him back as Wooden August again, since we hadn't gotten to see that. I wonder at this point, did we get a reference to every story arc in the history of Once Upon a Time? No. Nobody said gravy or butter. <laughs> well, that was season one. So season one had its own story arc in some way. So there, maybe. Well, yeah, Evil Queen. Evil Queen was there. So that's, I count that as season one, sort of. <laughs> yeah. maybe. That's all of season one? That's the entire story arc? That's David's father? Well, speaking of Evil Queen, <laughs> do you think Regina's dream might have involved Emma in it? Like maybe what Evil Queen was doing is that Emma was actually in the dream and Evil Queen was throwing the fireball at Evil Emma. I found that whole thing somewhat nonsensical. Yeah, but it is a dream after all. Maybe Regina will revisit this dream, kind of like when you revisit the Red Room. Maleficent has something for that. (laughs) So what did you think of this episode? We'd love to have your feedback for our upcoming full discussion, which will be on Wednesday, but it's going to be at a completely different time. And I can't promise yet that we're even going to be able to live stream it yet because I will be in San Diego. So if you are going to be in Southern California, please email feedback at oncepodcast.com with San Diego in the subject line because I'd love to meet up with you. I'm hosting a meetup, a brunch Wednesday morning. And what we're planning to do is Hunter and I will be in person recording a podcast episode. So if you'd like to see us record it in person, come to our meetup for brunch and then we'll go to, I'm going to try to get a room at a local public library. But we'd love your feedback for that. So send us your thoughts and theories on this episode. All the contact information is on the website at oncepodcast.com and the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 187. Please connect with us on Twitter at oncepodcast and each of us individually. I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. Send us your thoughts, theories, feedback on this episode. Join the forums over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. And remember to vote for us, please, in the podcast awards. Until next time, remember, you don't need to protect me. You need to fear me. Mm -hmm. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to be one of them, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor, and please continue to vote for us every day through March 24th at oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards. Thank you for your support.